God is not against your success or prosperity. In addition to him not being against your success and prosperity, he actually wants you to succeed. You know, God does not only want you to succeed and be prosperous. He's not passive about it. God is actively involved in your journey to good success and prosperity. And so, see, you can't afford to despise the things that are currently in your hands. You can't afford it. Because God is building something in you. God is training you. God is building the things that make for good success in you at each and every one of those instances. Because like I said, ultimately, it is a kind of person that attains to good success. And the days of preparation that is currently being committed to you, the days of preparation you are currently going through, is to make you into that So you must commit to preparation. The Word of God is a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your path. Be blessed today as God's servant brings you God's Word. Hallelujah. The mom started last week. The theme for this month, the message series, is succeeding with good success. Hallelujah. And as we continue this morning, I want you to pay attention to these three things. Write them down. Because afterwards, you will help me preach it to your neighbor. Amen. In fact, according to Proverbs 6.21, bind them upon your heart. And tie them about your neck this morning. Number one, God is not against your success or prosperity. You know, there are persons who they are not against you, but then they are not also for you. When you think about your success and prosperity, this is not God. So, in addition to him not being against your success and prosperity, he actually wants you to succeed and be prosperous. That's number two. So, God wants you to succeed and be prosperous. Amen. And you know, God does not only want you to succeed and be prosperous. He's not passive about it. So number three is the fact that God is actively involved in your journey to good success and prosperity. He's taking hold together with you in that journey. Did you get those three things? So let me say it to your neighbor this morning. Number one. Number two. Number three. Can you personalize it now? Say, God is not against my prosperity. Number two, God actually wants me. He is actively involved in my prosperity. Hallelujah. And we'll see this in God's word quickly. Third John chapter one, verse one to four. Third John one, verse one to four. The elder unto the world beloved Gaius, whom I love in the truth. Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospered. For I rejoiced greatly when the brethren came and testified of the truth that is in thee, even as thou walkest in the truth. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in the truth. Mom started with us with this scripture last week. So the Apostle John here was telling Gaius that I have so much joy that you've been a good Christian. Amen. And you're growing up spiritually. 
You see that he said there, he said, I, 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 I rejoice greatly when the brethren came and testified of the truth that is in thee. So I have so much joy, no greater joy, to know that my children walk in the truth. So Gaius was a believer who walked in the truth. He was a good Christian. He was growing up spiritually. And John expressed his joy, you know, where this is concerned. I know there are such Christians here this morning. You're growing up. Is that you? You're growing up spiritually. You're walking in the truth. You're walking in the realities of the words that you have been taught. Hey, and you should be such a believer. Hey, Amen. Because that is a prerequisite for good success. In the equation for good success, spiritual growth, the prosperity of your spirit and soul, do you see that? It's a constant. Without it, if you take that out of the mix, uh, be the richest person in the entire world, it's not good success. So a constant in the equation for good success is spiritual growth. Glory to God. Hallelujah. However, John was telling Gaius that in addition to this, I also desire that you prosper. I also desire that you prosper financially and materially. Amen. You know, there are those who veer towards extremes. One extreme is to only focus on spiritual growth. Do you see that? And then neglect other things. Neglect financial and material prosperity or career success. Another extreme is to only focus on financial, material, and career success. Do you see that? And then neglect or play down on spiritual growth. But neither of these on their own can amount to good success. Amen. I know we have been instructed by that that we should stay in the middle of the road. Glory to God. According to that, Hagen. Amen. You know, and I hope that that, that that mischievous brother is not here this morning, you know, that says, if you stay in the middle of the road, car will jam us. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that brother is not here this morning. You know, Dad Hagen was in the middle of the road for about 80 years, 80 plus years. Our dad, my spiritual father, has been in that middle of the road for over 20, about 20 years. Do you see that? And car has not jammed them. So car will not jam us. <laughs> and the middle of the road here is that God desires that we do well spiritually. You see, and we're also prosperous financially, materially. Amen. And it's such a blessing to be in a church like this. And to have spiritual parents who not only are equipping us or feeding us with God's word for us to grow up spiritually. You heard about HSM recently. Just announced recently. That's, that's ministry school. And you should enroll, you know, in the Mother World <laughs> if you need to, if you're still in the church already. So they are committed to us growing up spiritually. However, they are also desirous of us being prosperous in every ramifications. That's a blessing, you know. It's a big blessing. And you know, the desire that we see in third John above was not just John's mere wishes. John was actually speaking by the Holy Ghost and was expressing the mind of God concerning Gaius. And this mind of God is for all his sons and daughters. That you prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospered. Amen. You know, Psalms 35 verse 27 says, Let them shout for joy and be glad that favor my righteous cause. Yeah, let them continually, let them say continually, let the Lord be magnified, which at pleasure in the prosperity of his servants. Do you see that? So God has pleasure in the prosperity of his servants. Are you a servant of God this morning? Are you a son and daughter of God? God has pleasure in your prosperity. In fact, he's magnified by it. Hallelujah. And this is not something we should say carefully or just once in a while. So we don't sound carnal to some people. No. He says, let them say continually. 
Glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. You know, say it. I say, God has pleasure in my prosperity. He is magnified by it. Say it again. Say, God has pleasure in my prosperity and is magnified by it. Ecclesiastes 5.19 says, Every man also to whom God had given riches and wealth and had given him power to heed thereof and to take his portion and to rejoice in his labor. This is the gift of God. Do you see that now? Says the gift of God is that God gives riches and wealth. Hallelujah. He also gives the power to eat of it and to rejoice in your labor. Glory to Jesus. That is what God gives. Amen. Amen. You know, Deuteronomy 8, Deuteronomy 8 verse 18 says, But thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that giveth thee power to get wealth. So you can see how God is actively involved. He's not passive about it. He gives riches and wealth. Do you see that? He gives power to get wealth. First Chronicles 29 verse 10 to 12. First Chronicles 29 verse 12. I want to read it together this morning. Since First Chronicles 29 verse 10 to 12. Yeah, let's read it together. It says, Wherefore, David blessed the Lord before all the congregation. And David said, Blessed be thou, Lord God of Israel, our Father, forever and ever. Thine, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty. For all that is in heaven and in the earth is thine. Thine is the kingdom, O Lord, and thou art exalted as head above all. Just both riches and honor come of thee. And thou reignest over all. And in thy hand is power and might. And in thine hand it is to make great and to give strength to all. Hallelujah. Glory to God. This riches and honor comes from the Lord. Glory to God. And it is in his hand to make great. Glory to Jesus. Riches and honor. It comes from the Lord. And it is in his hand to make great. And we are in his hand. Glory to God. Are we not in good hands? Hallelujah. So evidently the hand of the Lord will make you great. Glory to Jesus. You know, we're seeking Solomon. The Bible says in 2 Chronicles 9 verse 22. This, and King Solomon passed all the kings of the earth in riches and wisdom. And we will see in that same 2 Chronicles who gave him. In 2 Chronicles 1, 11 to 12. This and God said to Solomon, because this was in thine heart, and thou hast not asked riches, wealth, or honor, nor the life of thine enemies, neither yet hast thou asked for long life, but hast asked wisdom and knowledge for thyself, that thou mayest judge my people, over whom I have made thee king. Wisdom and knowledge is granted unto thee, and I will give thee riches. So God gave him, and wealth, and honor, such as none of the kings have had that have ever been before thee, neither shall dare any after thee have the like. So God gives riches and wealth. God makes great. The Bible says in Psalms 113 verse 7 to 8. Psalms 113 verse 7 to 8. It says, He raised the poor out of the dust and lifted the needy out of the dunghill that he may set him with princes, even with the princes of his people. Glory to Jesus. So it doesn't matter where you are right now. What level you are, whether you are in the dust or in the dunghill. Do you see that? He says, God will raise the poor out of the dust. He 
he will lift the needy from the dunghill, Kai. Not only that, it will cause him to sit among princes, even the princes of his own people. Hallelujah. You know what I mean? So those that knew you as being poor and needy, among the same people, princes of his own people, glory to Jesus. This is what God does. You see, my first assignment this morning is to make you settle it in your heart. That God is not against you being successful or prosperous. Do you see that? He is actively involved in that. And so you should perish that thought. Do you see that? Perish that thought. That makes you think God does not care much for your success. We see Jabez, an example of whom God raises from the dust and from the dunghill. Jabez in 1 Chronicles 4 verse 9 to 10. The Bible says, And Jabez was more honorable than his brethren, and his mother called his name Jabez, saying, Because I have bear him with sorrow and Jabez called on the God of Israel saying oh that thou wouldest bless me indeed and enlarge my coast and that thine hand might be with me and that thou wouldest keep me from evil that it may not grieve me and God granted that which he requested I like the way the CEV puts it CEV version it says one day Jabez prayed to the Israel's God he said please bless me and give me a lot of land Kai be with me so I will be safe from harm. And God did what Jabez asked for. He is a God of lands and houses. Glory to Jesus. He is a God of lands and houses. If you ask him, he will give you. If you ask him, he will give you. You know, that's what we've been doing with our confessions. We're getting our buildings. We're getting our lands. We're getting our houses. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. Just sit down, sit down, have a seat. Do you see that? Hallelujah. Glory to God. So God cares much for your success. He cares much for your prosperity. He's actively involved in it. He's not passive about it. He's not against it either. Glory to Jesus. You know, First Timothy 6 verse 17. Mom told us from here last week also. It says, charge them that are rich in this world, that they be not high-minded, nor trusting on certain riches, but in the living God, who giveth us richly all things to enjoy. And mom said last week, Paul wasn't addressing rich unbelievers. No. He was addressing believers who are men of substance. And men with substance. And they were in the church. Are there such men here this morning? So let me say, I'm a man of substance. If you're a woman, you can say woman. I'm a woman of substance. I'm a man of substance. I'm a woman with substance. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Have your seats, please. You know, there's something that tells us. See, there are those who say that not everybody in the body of Christ will be rich. And that's okay. But in HOF, we are a part of that part of the body of Christ. That we will be rich and prosperous. Do you believe that this morning? Come on, shout glory to God. Hallelujah. Have your seat. Have your seat, please. Hallelujah. 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 Because we believe God gives us richly all things to enjoy. All things. All things to enjoy. All things. You know, failure is not enjoyable. Being broke is not enjoyable. No. Sickness is not enjoyable. Have you ever seen anybody who just says they like being broke? They like failing. Such a person must be demonically assisted. You see, but God.
God wants us to enjoy our life to the fullest. Hallelujah. Not just to do His will, to also enjoy our life. Hallelujah. This is God's desire for us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You see, the same thing that taught us concerning transformation applies to good success. Just as you don't focus on transformation to arrive at transformation, but you focus on the things that make for transformation. You also don't focus on good success to arrive at good success. You focus on the things that make for good success. And then along the way, you discover and find yourself in it. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And so, the Bible says in Joshua 1, it says, This book of the Lord shall not depart of your mouth, but thou shalt meditate during day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. So it says, there is a book called the book of the law, the Bible. It says, when you meditate on the things that are daring, and observe to do all that is daring, then you will make your ways prosperous, and you will have good success. So there are instructions in God's word. Do you see that? That if followed, it will lead us into good success. Glory to God. And the first instruction mom told us last week is that you should take yourself what? Seriously. Glory to God. You know, mom said one of the ways to take yourself seriously is to start early. Hallelujah. And what it means to start early is not to run off, you know, going somewhere to happen. No, 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 no. It's to enlist in the process of preparation early. Hallelujah. And that means to start early and to begin to take yourself seriously. And so in our journey for good success, into good success, we must take ourselves very seriously. Paul, the apostle, gave a similar instruction to a young man in the epistles called Timothy. You know, 1 Timothy 4, verse 12 to 16. It says, let no man despise thy youth. 1 Timothy 4, 12 to 16. Let no man despise thy youth. Paul speaking to Timothy. He says, but be thou an example of the believers in word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, in purity. Said, till I come, give attendance to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. Said, neglect not the gift that is in thee, which was given thee by prophecy, with the laying of the hands of the presbytery. Meditate upon those things, give thyself wholly to them, that thy prophecy may appear to all. Says, take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine, continue in them. For in doing this, thou shalt both save thyself and them that ate thee. So Paul told Timothy, let no man despise thy youth. In other words, take yourself seriously. And you know, if somebody had written Timothy's biography, we would have actually seen where Peter practically obeyed those instructions. Amen. Because we have a proof of that in the scriptures. Paul would later speak about the kind of person Timothy had become. He said in Philippians 2, 20 to 22, he says, for I have no man like-minded who will naturally care for your state. For all seek their own, not the things which are in Christ Jesus. But ye know the proof of him, him, Timothy, that as a son with the father he had served with me in the gospel. So Timothy did take himself seriously. If somebody had written his biography, you would have seen it. Step by step process of how we took the instructions Paul gave him to art and practiced them. Of course, the epistles are only for instructions. However, we have instructions from people's lives in the Old Testament that we can pay attention to. Are you, are, you, are you getting this morning? And then they can instruct us. We can learn from them and observe how they live their lives. Romans 15 verse 4 says, For whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning, 
that we, through the patience and comfort of scriptures, might have hope. 1 Corinthians 10, 11 says, Now all these things happened unto them, for examples, and they are written for our admonition, upon whom the ends of the world are come. So these places are simply saying there are stories in the Old Testament that are written for our learning. They are written for our admonition. Hallelujah. And one of the stories we'll be looking into this morning of such a man is David the king. What a great man he was. You know, but he didn't start out as a king. He was first a shepherd boy who kept his father's sheep, according to Eliab. Amen. You know, similar to Jabez, David was from a very humble beginning. In fact, it was almost from a, a negative beginning. He said in Psalms 51 verse 5, it says, Behold, I was shaping in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Now, some, commentaries, some commentaries of scripture have said that what David said here, you know, that I've mentioned that also before, meant that he was born of adultery. You see that? You see that he was a child that you know, came out of wedlock. Do you see that? So, and that was why his father didn't present him to Samuel at first when Samuel came. Because when Samuel shows up in your house, like that said, you have to hide the pros of your sin. Glory to God. So, <laughs> Jesse kept him back until Samuel had to ask that, ah, are these all of your sons? You know, and then he said, ah, there is one. And then they sent for him. Glory to God. You know, whether that is true or not, whether it was born out of wedlock or not, one thing is certain, whatever could make your own father forget you on such an occasion, as important as Samuel, the national prophet, showing up in your house, meant one thing. Nobody thought anything good of him. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I'm thinking of an example, but I won't, I won't say that example. Glory to God, but God forbid. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, in a saying, his father even despised him. But you see, he didn't despise himself. Rather, he took himself seriously. You know, despite the fact that the task that was assigned to him was actually to drive him into oblivion, as though forgetting him somewhere. But he didn't take it like that. He took it very, very seriously. Amen. He stayed with the sheep. There were few sheep, but he stuck with them. Glory to God. And you know, it was common knowledge that he was always with the sheep. It was common knowledge. That's why when Saul asked Jesse to send him to the palace in 1 Samuel 16 verse 19, 1 Samuel 16 19, he says, Wherefore Saul sent messengers unto Jesse and said, Send me David thy son, which is with the sheep. Now, that's the first thing we observe about David this morning. He was known for something. It was common knowledge that he was always with the sheep. Amen. So, are you that type this morning? And we don't know exactly what you're doing. David was known with the sheep. So, we can't be on our way to good success. And it's impossible to tell what exactly you're about. Amen. We should know whether you're a tent maker or a seller of purple. 
Hallelujah. You guys know, no, I'm a multi-potentialist. I do many things. I'm a man of many parts. At least self-perspective parts. Glory to God. You know, so, you see, you, you, you have to be known for something. There has to be something everybody knows that this is what he does. Are you a banker? Are you a QS? Are you a research analyst? What exactly are you doing? What exactly is it that you're about? Hallelujah. There must be something you are currently diligently doing. David was with the sheep and he was diligent at it. Glory to God. You see, it may not be what you eventually end up doing, but there must be something in this moment, currently, every moment that you are doing. You know, I understand that sometimes it takes a while. It takes a while to eventually decide that this is what I want to do with my life. You know, it takes a while, sometimes sometimes six months, sometimes three months. And really, uh, 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 the, the determinant of how long that will take is how much you are even paying attention to it yourself. You say, I want to figure out within this one month what exactly I want to do with my life. I want to pray about it. I want to read, study, so that I can settle this in my mind once and for all. Because it is important. There has to be something in particular that you are doing. There has to be. And everybody has to know it. Your team leader, if you are still, has to know it. Glory to God. Your friends have to know it exactly what it is you are doing. It's a major prerequisite. Do you see that? When you're on your path into good success. David, which was with the sheep. So let people be able to say of you, Lanre, Femi, Shikemi, which was somewhere in particular. Glory to God. Hallelujah. You see, so he was very passionate and protective of his father's sheep. Fieldship. He was very passionate and protective of them. He even defended the few sheep, in quotes, with his own life. You know, in 1 Samuel 17, verse 34 and 36, the Bible says here, And David said unto Saul, Thy servant kept his father's sheep. And there came a lion and a bear, and took a lamb out of the flock. It says, Thy servant slew both the lion and the bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine shall be as one of them seeing he had defied the armies of the living God. You see that? So David gave his life. There were few sheep in coast, but he defended those few sheep with his very life. He was diligent. He was committed to it. Amen. So how are you handling that seemingly little endeavor that is in your hand right now? Glory to God. How protective are you of it? How seriously are you taking that your job, that business? They've helped you classify it as a small business, but you can't treat it as a small business. Amen. Amen. You know, how seriously are you taking that role that you've been employed to play at your workplace? Are you the, I can't come and go and kill myself stop type? You, see, you, you, you can't be like that and be on your way to good success. No. You can't. You can't. You see, notice how, again, when Jesse sent David to check on his brothers in battle, he did not just abandon the ship. The Bible says in 1 Samuel 17, from verse 17 to 20, it says, And Jesse said unto David his son, Take now for thy brethren an ephah of parched corn, and these ten loaves, 
and run to the camp to thy brethren and carry these ten cheeses unto the captain of their thousand and look how thy brethren fare and take their pledge. You see that? Jesus sent him on an errand. Now Saul and they and all the men of Israel were in the valley of Elah fighting with the Philistines. And David rose up when early in the morning and left the sheep with the keeper. Hallelujah. See, these are lessons I'm trusting God that you will really just pay attention to this morning. Bible says he left the sheep with the keeper. He didn't abandon the sheep. There were few sheep in court, but he didn't abandon them. He took them seriously. Very, very seriously. You know, so you, 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 you can't be that type that there's oh, I'm like this. Our business has closed for the day. <laughs> you can't be that type. You can't be that type that is just a slight, it's just, it's just a thought of headache. You've sent a message to HR. <laughs> it's just a thought of headache. But you've typed the message to HR. Sorry, I, I, I'm currently in this post, you know, all, all, all those words, you know, and I, I won't be able to make it to the office this morning. Uh, please uh, bear with me. And HR say, wow, wow, sorry, boy, it's a thought of headache. <laughs> See, you, you can't be that person in business where, you see, the rain is just thinking about falling. <laughs> but you turn the duvet over. <laughs> you can't be that kind of person. <laughs> so, see, 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 it's important for you to take note. David was sent on an errand to the battlefield. You see, if you look at that story very well, the way David behaved on that battlefield, it was something he was looking forward to. In other words, it, he was looking forward to actually going there. To see what was happening. Eliab spoke of it. Do you see that? But even at that instant, it wasn't enough excuse to make him treat what was committed in his hand with contempt. He kept them with a the keeper. That was why when, when Eliab was saying, to, to which whom have you left your father's few sheep? He didn't even give him pace. You don't understand the kind of person I am. I take things seriously. See, that's the kind of person you should be. That's the kind of person we should be. Or strive to be. Hallelujah. See, you must take yourself seriously. You must take that business seriously. You must take that job very, very seriously. You must be somebody that can be trusted to be responsible. Fully responsible for the things that are committed into your hands. Both in your presence and in your absence. Amen. Amen. Both in your presence, in your absence, people should be able to trust you. Do you see that? With the things committed into your hands. Oh, now you are going on leave. It's your time for leave. But the thing that you know you are the one in charge of in the office, ah, whatever they like to do, they don't know about it. I don't care. I'm, it's, it's time for a leave. You can't be like that. You can't be like that. You must adequately cater and be fully responsible for the things committed into your hands, both in your presence and in your absence. See, that is what it takes to attain to good success. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You know, and this, this is such a good time to share with us an example that that is. You know, he has told us there were days when all he had were two and a half members. Glory to God. You see, but he always ensured he never missed any services. Hallelujah. 
See, he would preach so passionately as though there were a thousand persons in the room. Remember that story you shared where one newcomer came <laughs> and didn't show up again because of how hard and passionately he preached that thing. That was that example. There were two and a half members, but he took them very, very seriously. Remember that story of when he went to a campus to preach, you know, and then they were beckoning to him to stay on Sunday to teach. But he knew he had a service. They were going to be attended, attended by two and a half members. But yet, he refused. Because of, as it were, those two and a half members. So, it's not a surprise that we are growing in leaps and bounds today. <laughs> Hallelujah. Because according to Luke 16 verse 10, he that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. And he that is unjust in the least is unjust also in much. See, there's no debate about it. So there's no excuse of, ah, it's just 25K they are paying me in that place. You see that? There's no excuse of, you took a job, but they underpaid you. And so it's an excuse not to deliver. You see that? There's no excuse. There's no excuse. Whatever thy hand findeth to do, says you do it with all your might. Whatsoever. Whether small, whether little, you see that, or great. Whatsoever your hand findeth to do, the spirit of diligence requires that you do it with all your might. Everything that is in you. Everything. That is in you. You see, and it is important because, see, if you despise the seemingly little things in your hands now, listen to this. See, when it matters, men will despise you too. And you will have no defense against the scourge of their tongue. Notice for David, a time really came when it really mattered. He was on the battlefield beholding Goliath. Defying the people of Israel. Eliab despised him. But when he was taken and brought before Saul, Saul said, uh-uh. Let's go there. Please, first Samuel 16. Will somebody get me that part where Saul told him, See, this guy has been, you know, a mighty man of battle from his youth, but you are just a youth. Even Saul despised him. I mean, you can't face Goliath in the battlefield. You are just a youth. You see, that was a time where it mattered. If he had despised, the fellowship, he will not have things, evidences to present to Saul as that instance. Do you see that? That would stop Saul from keeping him from facing Goliath. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And so, you see, you can't afford to despise the things that are currently in your hands. You can't afford it. Because God is building something in you. God is training you. God is building the things that make for good success in you at each and every one of those instances. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You see, imagine that David had despised his father's sheep I wrote here. He would, how would he have gotten the experiences of killing a bear? Glory to God. Or killing a lion in defense of the sheep. And remember, as I said, this was what Saul actually had. And then he gave, gave him access and opportunity to face Goliath. And that marked a significant changing point in the life of David. From that point, his life went upwards. From that point, his journey started in becoming the king of Israel. 
But if he had despised his father's fellowship, those experiences he would have had in those moments, when the bear came attacking, he killed the bear in defense of the sheep. When the lion came attacking, he killed the lion in defense of the sheep. He would have lost those experiences. He would have lost the opportunities to get and secure those experiences. And so whatever little it may be, what is currently committed into your hands, there are experiences that you need to get in the course of your diligence as those things. See, experiences that you will need when it matters the most. Experiences that you will need and will save you from feeling like an imposter in the room. Do you see that? And so you can't afford to take anything, no matter how little, with levity. You can't afford it. David didn't. David did not. David did not. Despite the fact that people despised him. Do you see that? Despite the fact that people, his father, his brothers despised him, he didn't despise himself. He took himself very, very, very seriously. Hallelujah. He kept his father's sheep with diligence. Gave his life for them. Glory to Jesus. You know, this is because everything is connected. Everything is connected. And so if you take your preparatory days and process seriously, see, there are early successes God will give you and bless you with. And those successes will be required in getting you into bigger and greater things. That's what we saw with David. He had early successes, even while he was with his father's ship in the wilderness. Hallelujah. And those successes were relevant and important into getting him into the big and great things that God had for him. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And so, every allowance of mediocrity that you are allowing today is actually a jeopardy of a great future. But you will not jeopardize the future in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. You know, furthermore, you see, I believe strongly that David was able to do what he did with the, with the sheep. Do you see that? Because he took time and effort to dedicate himself to become a kind of person. Which is a shepherd in every sense. Because it takes, imagine they take you now. You've never, had, you've never lived in a village before. Your parents never owned goats. And then they, they commit a hundred sheep into your hand to start keeping. That's a task you can't start out doing on your own. There's a kind of person you have to first become to engage with that task effectively. Do you see that? So there's a, there was a kind of person David had to dedicate himself to becoming. To become the kind of shepherd that could give his life for the sheep. Glory to God. Become the kind of shepherd that was diligent, you know, with the few sheep, as it were, that his father committed into their hands. And I made a search, you know, for the skills of a shepherd. And I've written that out to us this morning. Number one, it says a shepherd must be tough at heart. A shepherding is not just about sweet lambs and bucolic pastures with sheep grazing. It is about the survival of the fittest. It is about making life and death decisions that will tear your heart apart. Imagine when David came in contact with the bear. That was a life and death decision in that moment. 
But because he had committed himself to being a kind of person that was tough at heart, he made that decision and it turned out good. Number two, he says a shepherd must be willing to do hard work. The shepherding does not just require hard physical labor of moving fences, moving sheep, and handling 40-pound bales of hay. It is about hard work. It is having to do hard things and making hard decisions. It is about learning to go with your instincts and let your gut be your guide. Number three, it says, must be willing to be humbled daily. Glory to God. It says, proud people need not apply. If there is any one thing that can bring you on your knees, it's shepherding. Hi. See, no wonder it was easy for David to rise to be king. I mean, these qualities were things that are relevant for all fields to be a success in anything. Do you see that? It says there will be days when you make the wrong decision, when you overlook the obvious, when the not so obvious will attack and leave you on your knees. If ever you thought you knew it all, forget it. There will always be days when you realize there is much yet to learn. This was David. Hallelujah. Number four, it says, must not be afraid to learn new things. See, I believe these things documented here as skills of a shepherd are actually things we all need for our daily work and our journey to good success. It says, must not be afraid to learn new things on a regular basis. It says, you will be required to learn a new skill, a new task a new way of doing things. An experienced shepherd once told me, he says, and as she was coaching me over the phone on, on how to do an internal exam on a shepherding eel, if you don't want to do it, then you should not be a shepherd. The shepherding will take you out of your comfort zone at times, and you will have to be willing to step forward. Amen. Number five says, a shepherd must have great endurance. The shepherd must be willing to walk in all adverse weather conditions. Rain, sleet, snow, sub-zero degree temperatures, extreme heat and humidity. And they must be able to keep sheep alive in such adverse conditions. There will be adverse conditions at the workplace. There will be adverse conditions sometimes you will experience in your business. They say shepherd must be willing to keep sheep alive at such adverse conditions. Do you see that? So you can't be somebody who quits early. There's a small dispute at the workplace you're thinking of leaving. There's a small setback in business. You're thinking of quitting. You can't be that kind of person. You can't afford to be that kind of person. Hallelujah. You know, the seventh thing here says, he must have the patience of a saint. Because the sheep will test you. And you must be able to outlast them and outsmart them. These ones who think you have figured them out, they are at it again. Isn't that how business looks sometimes? Hallelujah. He says, but there are skills that you must build in yourself that enables you to stand in the face of all of these difficulties. Now, and I believe also that, you see, there's a kind of person you must begin to commit yourself to becoming in your journey for good success. And the kind of questions you ask is, you see, what kind of person do I need to become? To be excellent as what I am currently occupied with. What kind of person do I need to become? What kind of person do I need to become to be an excellent person at my job role? What kind of person do I need to become to be an excellent business person? Whatever it is you're doing, 
See, what kind of person do you need to be to attain to excellence and success in those things? These are questions I believe every one of us must ask ourselves. Because there's a kind of person that attains to good success. There's a kind of person. Everybody you see today that is successful, there's a kind of person they are to become to attain to that level of success. It's not a fluke. It's never a fluke. You see, we saw that if David was a good shepherd, he had to become a kind of person, which I listed above for us a short while ago. So there's a kind of person you have to begin to commit yourself to be in your journey into good success. You need to take trainings. Do you see that? You need to take courses. Do you need to read and read and read and read wide? Do you see that? Whatever it is you need to become, these are the times. The days of a preparation are the days to begin to commit to becoming those kind of persons. Hallelujah. And you must take this very, very, very seriously. I believe strongly the process of preparation is to make you into that kind of person. And you must not jump that process. You must not. See, that process is to make you into the, becoming the kind of person that God can commit success and great things into his hands. It takes a kind of person to take little things seriously. It takes a kind of person to commit to things and see them through. Hallelujah. Glory to God. It takes a kind of person to be diligent at work. It takes a kind of person to be excellent at their jobs, to be excellent in their business endeavors. It takes a kind of person. It's the kind of person that got up early in the morning. You see that? While it is yet, while the sun has never come up, wakes up early in the morning, gets to work. It's the kind of person that keeps fit physically and spiritually. It's the kind of person that keeps fit in their minds. They are always reading. They are always reading, studying, studying, studying ahead of their peers in knowledge. That's the kind of person it takes. So look inward. Look in your field. Look in your business. Look in the line of career you have chosen. You know, to follow. Look. Study diligently. Observe. You see that? What does it take to attain to success in that field? What does it take to attain to excellence in that task? What does it take? What kind of person do you need to become to attain to success and excellence in that endeavor? These are the days to begin to commit yourself into becoming that kind of person. Because ultimately, whatever training God is taking you through, even here in this local church, you see, it is to make you into a kind of person. It is that kind of person that big and great things can be committed into their hands. Glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. And David was that kind of person. He was that kind of person. He was that kind of person. And I want you today to commit yourself to being that kind of person also. Commit yourself to the trainings. 
commit yourselves you know, to, 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 to the activities that will lead you into becoming that kind of person. The kind of person that can be trusted with little things. Do you see that? The kind of person that can be trusted with things, both in their presence and in their absence. The kind of person that can be given to and it will multiply into ten. The kind of person that takes discipline seriously. The kind of person that walks the talk. Do you see that? You see, we must all commit to being that kind of person. Because like I said, ultimately, it is a kind of person that attains to good success. And the days of preparation that is currently being committed to you, the days of preparation you are currently going through, is to make you into that kind of person. So you must commit to preparation. Hallelujah. And so I want to share with you quickly, how do you commit to preparation? How? 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 What are the things you must do to commit yourself to preparation? Number one, you must commit yourself to the training. You must commit yourself to your training. You must commit yourself to your training. Fully. Wholly. Fully. Completely. Wholly. Without fail. Without fail. Glory to God. You must commit yourself to the activities of your training. You must commit yourself to every single thing your trainer instructs you to do. Hallelujah. Because your trainer is the person who knows where you are headed. Glory to God. You see? And has already walked that path. Glory to God. So if he's telling you to do anything... It's because he knows that if you do it, it will lead you to that path. And so you must commit yourself to every instruction that you receive in the line of your training. You must commit yourself to it. You must receive it with joy. You must obey those instructions. You must obey those instructions. Hallelujah. You know, sometimes I laugh at people in mentoring sorry, relationships, especially with a mentor. And then their mentor is telling them to do certain things and they don't want to do it. You see that? They rather do something else. You know, that has said this over the years. A mentor is not somebody whose word you just listen to. No, no, no. It's somebody whose instructions you obey. The same thing goes for a trainer. A trainer is somebody whose instructions you obey wholeheartedly, unreservedly. And it is in the line of obeying those instructions, giving yourself to those things, that you are built up, do you see that? To be the kind of person that attains to success and excellence. Finally this morning, do not despise yourself. Don't despise yourself. Don't despise yourself. Don't despise your youth. Because there will be people along your path and journey who will want to despise you. 
As we saw with David, there was Eliab. Do you see that? There was Saul. People who probably have known you, you know, since when you were small at Kikere. And that's all the picture they have of you. The boy that plays football on the streets, whose leg becomes so dirty, you know, and runs home when his father is coming. You see, you will meet with such people in your journey, but you must not allow them despise you. You come in contact with the people who have the capacity, understanding, and position to give you what you need, to give you the assets that you need, and they may want to despise you. You must not allow them to despise you. Such was the instruction Paul gave to Timothy. He said, let no man despise thy youth. 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 Because there will be people who will want to despise you. There will be people in your path who will want to despise your youth. But you must commit yourself and decide that you will not allow anybody, anyone, to despise your youth. He says, how you do this is by being an example. Being an example. Being an example. Being an example. An example at your workplace. An example of others who are in your business and are doing excellently. Do you see that? An example in every sense of it. Diligence in study. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want us to read that part, that instruction Paul gave to Timothy again. 1 Timothy 4 verse 12 to 16. Let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believers in word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, in purity. Say, till I come, give attendance to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. Neglect not the gift that is in thee, which was given thee by prophecy, with the laying on of the hands of the presbytery. Meditate upon these things. Give yourself wholly to them, that thy profiting may appear to all. Say, take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine. Continue in them, for in doing this, thou shalt both save thyself and them that heard it. Hallelujah. This message was brought to you from the Heritage of Faith Church. Our vision is raising stronger believers. For more impactful resources, visit our website at www.hofng.org. God bless you.